great. You've been loading up on things from Walmart? Yeah, I used my new Capital One Walmart Rewards card. It earns unlimited 5% back on everything I buy from Walmart online. Say what? 5% back. Say what? 5% back. Say what now? 5% back. With what? The Capital One Walmart Rewards card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online on top of Walmart's everyday low prices. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A. You are listening to the Already Gone podcast, sharing stories of the missing, the murdered, the mysterious, and the lost. Before we begin, I have a couple of housekeeping items to cover. The Robison family Goodhart murders was a suggestion from Melissa, and this week's subject was suggested by Todd. Thank you both so much for reaching out, and please keep the show ideas coming. I've launched a Patreon account for the podcast. If you are interested in showing your support, check out patreon.com forward slash already gone. Big thank you to Julianne, Brooke, Maggie, Jerry, Charlie, Lainey, Allie, Brooke, and Jessica for your generosity. Finally, I belong to a Facebook group called Podcasts We Listen To. The group has created its own podcast, where podcast hosts are interviewed by group creator Jeremy Collins. If you'd like to learn more about me, take a listen to that show. You should also check out the Facebook group if you're looking to add shows to your playlist. Podcasts we listen to. This week's case takes me far from home. We're in the Carolinas, visiting the city of Charlotte. It's Thursday, November 8th, 2007. 24-year-old Kyle Fleischman has a lot of good things going on in his life. He's recently finished college, earning a four-year degree from Elan University. He got a job as a healthcare recruiter. He has a condo in the city that he shares with a roommate. Kyle's future is bright, with many things to look forward to. He does have a worry, a concern gnawing at him. His mother, Barbara, was recently diagnosed with cancer. Kyle promises his mother that he will help her beat this, and she won't go through treatment alone. Kyle and his sister plan a fun evening out with their mother to help take her mind off the diagnosis. They purchase tickets to see comedian Dane Cook perform. Kyle invites his friend, Daniel, to accompany them. Kyle and Daniel have been friends for years. In fact, when Daniel married earlier that year, Kyle was his best man. The night out starts with dinner at Phil's Deli before heading to the show. When the Dane Cook show is over, Kyle's mother and sister decide to call it a night and get a cab. Daniel and Kyle aren't ready to pack it in. They're feeling energized after the show and head to a bar just a block away from the stadium. The Buckhead Saloon. After a few drinks, his friends are ready to head home. It's nearly 1 a.m. Kyle, who has had his share of drinks, is chatting with a pretty blonde girl described as a co-ed. Kyle's friend Daniel said that while Kyle wasn't falling down drunk, he was under the influence. Daniel calls it a night and heads home. He doesn't know that he'll never see his friend again. 
Kyle remains at the bar chatting with the girl he's met. Around 2 a.m., they're approached by two men. One of them apparently is her boyfriend, and he is not happy. Kyle and the men exchange words. There's no physical altercation, but there is tension between Kyle and the group. A few minutes later, Kyle will exit the bar, leaving his credit card and his jacket behind. Around 2.45 a.m., Kyle is seen at a late-night fast food place getting a slice of pizza. The person who served him is distracted by a large group that comes in and doesn't notice when he leaves. What happened to Kyle Fleischman? Is it possible that he took off, leaving his family a new job behind? Could the male friends of the girl he'd been chatting up have tracked him down and killed him over the dispute at the bar? Was it a mugging gone wrong? Where is Kyle Fleischman? Charlotte, North Carolina was named for the wife of King George III of England. The county it sits in, Mecklenburg, is named for Queen Charlotte's German homeland. Who knew that 300 years later it would be one of the financial centers of the United States, second only to New York City? Both Bank of America and Wachovia Bank started here and maintain headquarters in Charlotte. It was this banking history that led the Fleischmann family here, Kyle's father, Dick Fleischman, works for Fidelity Investments. Kyle was one of three children. His parents, Barbara and Dick, sent their kids to Catholic schools, and Kyle was a graduate of Charlotte Catholic Central High School. After graduation, Kyle left home to attend Elan University, a small private liberal arts school near Greensboro, North Carolina. While there, Kyle studied business and management. In 2007, Kyle landed a job with a healthcare recruiting firm. He was living in a condo in Charlotte that he shared with a roommate. His friends reported that he wasn't dating anyone at the time of his disappearance, and aside from his mother's illness, Kyle's life seemed carefree. Thursday, November 8th, was planned as a fun evening for their mom, a distraction to take her mind off her cancer diagnosis and impending surgery. The group met at Daniel's place, where Kyle and his sisters left their cars. They took a cab to the concert. Afterwards, Kyle's mother and sister returned to Daniel's place to get their car and go home. The morning after the concert, Daniel noticed that Kyle had called him around 3 a.m., but hadn't texted or left a message. Daniel didn't think anything of it until he saw that Kyle's car was still parked in front of his house. Daniel called Kyle's phone, which went directly to voicemail. He reached out to Kyle's roommates, asking if they had seen him, but Kyle hadn't made it home. After checking with other friends and calling Kyle's phone repeatedly, hoping to find him, Daniel placed a call to Kyle's parents. Kyle is missing. That weekend, Daniel did something that would impact social media in ways we couldn't imagine. Daniel created the first Facebook page for a missing person. And the search for Kyle Fleischman garnered thousands of followers. Police were contacted and a missing persons report was filed. The Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department has a missing persons unit to handle the more than 3,000 missing persons reports that come in each year. 
According to statistics on their website, 70% of these are missing teens age 13 to 17. 30% are adults, and only about 10% of the cases reported involve foul play. On the CMPD website is a gallery of missing persons cases dating from the 1970s until today, featuring more than 40 stories of the missing. If we retrace Kyle's steps that night, after seeing off his mother and sister, he went from the concert venue to the Buckhead Saloon. If you want to get an idea of what kind of place this was, well, the bar is no more, but its Yelp page lives on. The short version is College Crowd, Meat Market, Live Music, which sounds like exactly the kind of place a couple of young guys would head after a concert to grab a beer. While at Buckhead with Daniel and possibly some other friends, Kyle meets a pretty co-ed and they start talking. I've read they might have gone dancing as well. It sounds like the two of them really hit it off. Around 1 a.m., Kyle's friends decide to call it a night. But Kyle declines to leave. He's enjoying the company of the co-ed and he'd like to stay. So Daniel heads home without his friend. About 40 minutes later, the co-ed is approached by two men. One apparently is her boyfriend, and they have words with Kyle. It can't be described as a fight, but there's a heated exchange between Kyle and her male friends. Kyle is captured on Buckhead Saloon security video around 2.20 a.m. as he leaves the bar. While outside, he again briefly talks to the co-ed, but that's their last contact. Less than a block away from the Buckhead is a fuel pizza restaurant that caters to the late-night crowd. It's thought that Kyle stopped in around 2.30 a.m. and bought two slices of extreme pizza. I had to look this up. What fuel pizza calls extreme is what I would call a pizza. It's a slice topped with pepperoni, ham, sausage, meatballs, and ground beef. Video later emerges of Kyle walking up North Davison Street. As Kyle heads north, away from the neighborhood around the concert venue, he's entering an unsavory part of town. As he walks, his cell phone pings off two towers that show his trajectory continuing north. Between 2.30 and 3.30 a.m., Kyle makes half a dozen calls from his cell phone, calls to Daniel, his voicemail, even to his father's office but Kyle doesn't leave a message with any of these calls. Also troubling is that it's the middle of the night in November. Kyle left his jacket and his credit card at the Buckhead Saloon. The bar is closed, so he can't retrieve his belongings. Temperatures are in the mid-30s. Kyle is wearing jeans, dress shoes, and a short sleeve shirt. He has got to be freezing. While Kyle doesn't leave a message for anyone, he also doesn't hail a cab. Kyle disappears into the night, leaving a mystery for his parents, siblings, and friends to try and unravel. When a healthy, relatively untroubled adult vanishes without a trace, there are three options. They decided to take their own life. They ran away of their own volition. Or they were harmed and their remains were concealed to hide the crime. 
I'd like to rule out the suicide aspect right off. Kyle had many promising things going on in his life. It looks like he was buying his own place, he had a good job, a loving, supportive family, a close circle of friends. Sure, he was understandably concerned about his mother's cancer diagnosis, but his friends and family didn't see an unhealthy sadness or worry over it. Also, if Kyle took his life, then where is his body? He'd been drinking that night, and heavily by the sound of it. While being under the influence can impair your judgment, I don't believe that Kyle took his own life. The next option is that Kyle ran away, that the stress of a new job, his mother's illness, topped with the overwhelming adulthood that follows buying your own place, it became too much for Kyle and he decided to pack it in. What made up my mind here is that Kyle was close with his family. He was worried about his mother. In interviews, she speaks of the last time that she saw Kyle and how casually they parted. I'd like to think that if he were laying a grand plan to run away, he would have left his ill mother with more than a casual farewell. Also, Kyle would have taken his coat. He would have taken his car and his credit card. Instead, he disappeared with literally the clothes on his back and nothing else. This leads us to the last option, that Kyle met with foul play. My first thought was that the girl at the bar and her boyfriend. Could the guys have been angry enough to track Kyle down and hurt him for flirting with his girl? It wouldn't be the first time something tragic happened over a real or perceived slight. I turned to Tiffany at the True Noir crime blog, which, by the way, if you aren't reading it, you should be. Tiffany covered this case on her blog, so I reached out to her. She assured me that the co-ed and her boyfriend were talked to and ruled out back in 07. I would like to see if they've remained on the right side of the law in the nine and a half years since that cold November morning. I will have to be satisfied that they were ruled out, and I'm sure that if their names came up again in another case, they would have been looked at by law enforcement in Charlotte. Which leaves Kyle being harmed by a random stranger. After Kyle left the bar, he was alone, without his coat, in a downtown area that he wasn't familiar with. Kyle's home was located on the other end of town. Without his coat, car, or credit card, all he had was the cash in his pocket and a cell phone. Since he'd been out for several hours, I suspect the battery was wearing down on the phone. The flurry of phone calls made between 2.30 and 3.30 a.m. were mainly to people he might have called for a ride or for help if he were lost. Why he wasn't texting or leaving voicemails is a question we may never know the answer to. At 2.42 a.m., Kyle called a business he'd been at earlier in the day. The call lasts 10 seconds. I'm guessing this was a fat-fingered call made by someone who'd been drinking. The next call he places is to his voicemail. Kyle calls his father several times, but doesn't leave any messages. He makes no calls for the next 30 minutes. Then he calls Daniel and his roommate. These calls each last less than 10 seconds. His last call is made at 3.28 a.m. There is no cellular activity from Kyle after 4 a.m. No calls, 
No pinging off cell phone towers. Kyle and his phone are gone. After Kyle was seen at Fuel Pizza, he seemed to vanish. Pictures of Kyle were sent out to all the cab companies in the area. These were brick-and-mortar buildings that cabs were dispatched out of in the days before Uber and Lyft took over the transportation market. Drivers were shown Kyle's photo and asked if they had seen or transported him in the early morning hours on Friday. But no one had picked him up. One driver thought he'd seen someone matching Kyle's description of a dark-haired, slender, six-foot-tall white man without a jacket walking in the Noda area of Charlotte. Noda refers to the North Davison area. It's about a 20-minute walk from the location of the Buckhead Saloon and Fuel Pizza. In the winter of 2007, it's a world away demographically, an industrial area with a high rate of crime. Today the area is revitalized with restaurants and businesses. It was nearly 3.30 a.m. on Friday morning when the cabbie saw the man he thought could be Kyle. The first organized searches took place on November 13th. Hundreds of people turned out to search. I need to mention that Kyle's family was unhappy with the police response, particularly that Kyle's picture and story took a full week to be posted on their website. The downtown was plastered with missing posters featuring photos of Kyle. That's how the tip from the worker at Fuel Pizza came to light. They saw the flyer and recognized the lone man that came in for a slice of pizza in the early morning hours of Friday, November 9th. Police had questioned employees at Fuel Pizza, but the night they came in, this employee wasn't working. It was the poster that sparked their memory and led to a credible sighting of the missing man. In addition to the posters, Kyle's face was shown on the big screen at Charlotte's Bob Arena imploring the thousands of people in the audience for the game to take a look and think back, had they seen Kyle? Billboard space along I-85 was donated for a missing persons poster. If you lived in or around Charlotte at the time, you probably knew of Kyle's plight. The Fleischmann family got out their checkbook and hired a private investigator and a team of search dogs to look for Kyle. The results were the same, Kyle's cell phone showed him traveling north into the Noda neighborhood. The dogs tracked his scent into Cordelia Park. Unfortunately, the park is a hive of gang activity, and the search was called off for safety reasons. Trackers returned to the park in the early morning to perform a more thorough search of the area when they wouldn't be disturbed. The dogs also picked up Kyle's scent in a large open lot, a construction site. In a televised interview... The dog's handler said that the smell of decomposition was in the air at the site. She didn't know if it was human or animal remains, but she smelled decomp. They were unable to locate the source of the smell, and to be clear, she was using tracking dogs, not cadaver dogs. Law enforcement followed up, searching the site with cadaver dogs and ground-penetrating radar. There was no trace of Kyle. In the years since 2007, an apartment building went up on that location. One of the hardest parts of this case is that there is no crime scene, and aside from some video clips and cell phone data, there's little evidence to evaluate. One of the theories I keep seeing is that maybe Kyle fell into a body of water and drowned, his remains being washed away. I was skeptical of this. 
Unlike a lot of major cities, Charlotte isn't on the water. There isn't a river, lake, or ocean nearby, but there is Little Sugar Creek. Little Sugar Creek was originally just Sugar Creek, named for the sugary Indians who inhabited the area hundreds of years ago. In the early to middle part of the 20th century, Sugar Creek was terribly polluted and dirty. Many factories and businesses used the creek for runoff. In the 1970s, a project to clean up the creek was envisioned and a plan put in place. The plan slowly came together and work began around 2001. The water was cleaned and trails were paved running along the creek. Walkways and bridges for pedestrians and cyclists to enjoy, providing a place for recreation and nature to exist together in the heart of the city. The Little Sugar Creek Greenway is listed on TripAdvisor as a popular place to visit while in Charlotte. Could Kyle have made his way into Little Sugar Creek? If he did, it seems likely that his body would have been recovered. The area is well-traveled, even the part passing through Cordelia Park. Nighttime temperatures were cold in the 30s, but daytime temperatures were around 60, perfect for a walk by the water. How did Kyle go from catching a comedy show with his mother, sister, and best friend to meeting his end in such a short time? My theory is that Kyle was drunk when he left Buckhead Saloon. He went to Fuel Pizza to grab a bite, thinking he would sober up and head home. When he ordered his food, he realized he was without his credit card, so he ate and thought he'd return to the bar and get his coat and card. But the bar was closed. Kyle couldn't get his things and decided he'd just walked home. His condo was only three miles away. I fear that he made a wrong turn walking north, away from his home, and toward a dangerous neighborhood. Sometime during his walk, he met with foul play. He was either robbed for the small amount of cash he had on him and his cell phone, or he stumbled across something that got him killed. But that doesn't mean that his case will remain unsolved. Someone knows what happened, and they may be willing to talk. There is a $50,000 reward available. If you have information about the disappearance of Kyle Fleischman, please call Crime Stoppers at 704-334-1600. Kyle's mother, Barbara, received cancer treatment and recovered. The family left Charlotte, settling for a time in Hilton Head and finally moving to Florida. There are too many memories around Charlotte, memories of their oldest son, making it painful to stay in the area. If you haven't reviewed the show, I would appreciate it if you would join Hank, Matt K, MJ1371, Wendell Fish, Sing It Back, the JA1, and MCK778419 in leaving a five-star review. Your reviews help other listeners discover the podcast and the stories shared here. If you're looking for something new to try, may I suggest checking out Lainey's podcast, True Crime Fan Club, a podcast for the ultimate true crime enthusiast, a glimpse into the life and crimes of some of the most demented minds. Find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and your favorite podcast app. If you have comments, suggestions, or feedback, please email me, host at alreadygonepodcast.com. 
Want to talk about the case? Join us on Facebook, Already Gone Podcast Discussion Group. You have to request membership, and someone will add you. It's just so that your comments will only be seen by others in the group. Our music is by Luke Superior. You can find him on SoundCloud. And as always, I appreciate you listening, and please, be good to each other. up on things from Walmart? Yeah, I used my new Capital One Walmart Rewards card. It earns unlimited 5% back on everything I buy from Walmart online. Say what? 5% back. Say what? 5% back. Say what now? 5% 5 back. With what? The Capital One Walmart Rewards card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online on top of Walmart's everyday low prices. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A.